everyone. Welcome to Perspective Podcast and thank you for joining us. Perspective will be bringing you conversations and information around climate change every Tuesday at 8 a.m. in all podcast streaming platforms hosted by myself, Diana, and Lordship. Hi, Lordship. How are you today? Hi, Princess Diana. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. So are you excited about our first ever podcast? Very, very excited. You know, all the planning, all the uh, sleep, uh, sleepless nights, running around, planning. I know. I'm very, very excited. And I hope uh, everyone is going to enjoy our first episode, first season of Perspective Climate Talk Show. So, yeah, I'm ready. And I think we should get it rolling. Definitely. I think it's a well-needed conversation around climate change and giving perspectives of our different day-to-day lives. So today our first topic will be around safeguarding green spaces. So Lordship, tell us, what do you think is a safe, is a green space? Well, green spaces. Um, green spaces are basically uh, areas in urban settlements that are set aside for recreational or aesthetic purposes where people can just go relax, have physical activities, maybe breathe fresh air and things like that. So, and I think that we really need these green spaces in our cities, in our towns, because uh, most of the time you find that uh, we don't have spaces where we can take our children to maybe play, just have some good time, or when you just want to get away from the noisy, busty, rusty city, uh, these are spaces that uh, you can go and just relax, have a peace of mind and connect with nature. So for me, that is uh, what green spaces are. And I think they are very, very important in, the, in our today's society. So green spaces basically are like parks and forests and any area in an urban settlement with vegetation and occupied by grass. Yes, and uh, maybe around us here in Nairobi, we could boast of maybe Karura Forest, um, Uhuru Park. You find uh, areas like uh, Jibanji Gardens, uh, Nairobi National Park. Those are the areas we boast about around Nairobi as our green spaces. And my favorite, Ololua Nature Trail. <laughs> I knew you have to say that. <laughs> but yes, Ololua is a great space that uh, when you go, you find families have a getaway ways and people just enjoying nature you know and mm-hmm. i think that as i said they're very important in our today's society minus them uh i think we'll people just get stressed or depressed because or sick. yes so i think they are very very important and we need to safeguard and protect them with jealousy so why exactly are we advocating for these green spaces why we advocate for green spaces i think uh it is because uh, there are areas that uh, they purify our air. You find that when you are around trees, you're having like fresh air. So one, they purify our air maybe and filter. You know, like I said, the green spaces are majorly in urban areas. Yeah. And when you go to urban areas, you find a lot are uh, have uh, industries which produce so much chemical into the air. And a lot of vehicles. Yeah, a lot of vehicles. A lot of people because of rural urban migration. Yeah. So uh, there's a lot of air pollution around our cities and our towns. Mm-hmm. So that is why I think we need to advocate to safeguard these spaces so that uh, apart from having that fresh air, we also get cured from diseases that come with air pollution like uh, cancer, like cardiovascular diseases. 
and things of the sort. So I think those are the reasons why we should safeguard the green spaces. One, health-wise, I think they have a lot of benefits to us. Two, uh, for recreational, they also have uh, benefits, recreational benefits. And uh, I could also say that uh, they give our children uh, places to play. For example, uh, I recently, you said Ololua is your favorite spot. Yeah. <laughs> Mine is Karura, Karura Forest. Uh -huh. So uh, in the recently uh, concluded the Nairobi summer school, we had the chance of walking around Karura Forest. And yeah. oh my, you get there, you find families, families just playing football, some are playing lawn tennis, some are playing football, you know, and we forget that uh, we are coming, you know, from the ghetto or from the suburb areas. We just congregate together, swing, and just have a good time. So I think they, apart from health and also uh, providing that recreational, they also provide the space for our children just to play because the cities have minimal playground for the children. Yeah, I think also green spaces can be used economically. Okay. In a space where you find that most vegetation or places that are occupied by vegetation or trees, trees can be used to purify the air. It can also be a cooling system. So instead of using so much money or resources on energy, we could actually save and use the green spaces that we have to help us coolify because there's a way that the air circulation that goes on with the trees and the vegetations. It helps cool and purify the air. Also in aspects of health that you spoke about, uh, we have recently discovered that Kenya, I think is number nine globally in the most depressed countries. So psychologically, green spaces can also give psychosocial support to people. Sometimes when you're depressed, you want to be alone. It's good to go maybe under a shade, just listening to birds sing. Okay. It gives that therapeutic environment. And sometimes it's a good space for young people to just forget about your problems and relax. <laughs> yeah. I hear you, Dan. I hear you. And also, uh, wetlands are also classified as green spaces. Yeah. And we, we all know the benefit of wetlands in our society today. Mm -hmm. They give us water. They give us just, you know, a serene environment to live around. So I think apart from your therapeutic moments of the green spaces, yeah. we also need the clean waters from wetlands mm -hmm. and, you know, the serene environment around our city. So I think it is also very, very important that we jealously safeguard our wetlands as green spaces. Yeah. Yes. Green spaces have a way of boosting an economy of a country. For instance, most people tend to move in residential areas where there are these green spaces because I think we all need to breathe fresh air. So one of the things that I admire is that countries like Malaysia, one of the reasons why their economy boosted drastically is because of the green spaces and the beautiful terrain that they had that attracted most foreign investors. So um, we can as well adopt the same system that other countries used and embrace our own country and our own nature and attract the tourists that come to see our beautiful and serene country Kenya, especially here in Nairobi. Bran, what do you think about the serene and the yeah, places that yeah, we yeah. have I here? think it's a, a good entry point because we have already, we have green spaces that tourists, tourists rather, 
like to come and visit in Kenya. Like uh, I just say that Nairobi National Park is a green space. Mm -hmm. And you find most of the time we have tourists from all over who just come to enjoy uh, what Nairobi National Park has to offer. And also, uh, I think uh, it's time that we have legislation around these green spaces whereby maybe in most of our development areas, like uh, along the roads, you visit some places in Kenya and you think you are not in Kenya yeah. because of how serene they are. There are trees around, uh, all over the road or uh, rather around the road. And you find that the spaces are really beautiful and they are really serene. Uh, you visit uh, areas like Karura along the forest road. Mm -hmm. It is really somewhere you could marvel to be around. So I think that green spaces, and these are the things that boost our tourist attractions. Yeah. I mean, people from all over the world will just come and relax, just see, just enjoy, you know. And I think if we tap into those areas, uh, apart from uh, improving our tourism sector, we will, we will also be improving our environment. So it will be a win-win situation in both sides. And I think it's just something that we need to focus on and do it. So uh, remember, this is the Perspective uh, Climate Talk Show that will be coming to you live every Tuesday at 8 a.m. You can also follow us across all our social media platforms, Twitter at perspective underscore 265, and also on Instagram at perspective underscore 265. Remember, we'll be posting all your climate-related information on those platforms where you can follow, comment, retweet, and like. Join the movement, guys, and feel free to comment uh, the kind of questions you have around climate change and also just the content that maybe you think you best relate to in your line of work. And also, One planet. <laughs> and also you could just tell us which topic that you would like us to be covering, you know, uh, we could add them in our diary so that we bring to you what you like and how you just like it. Remember one planet, one, one chance. chance. Speaking of tourist attraction, personally, I'm a local tourist. I love my country and I love the green spaces that we have. So considering we do pay a fee to maybe just enjoy the green spaces like Karura Forest or Lolua, my favorite, and maybe even Gong Hills, I think as citizens and even the foreign countries, tourists that we get, we should have that aspect of value for money. So the people that are put in charge of these green spaces that we do have should do their best and maintain the green spaces that some activists fought so hard for us to maintain. Bran, what's your take on your, tour, the, your tourist perspective of oh, our green spaces? Right, right. I hear you well. And I think you are just right on track because, uh, you know, it's always good to demand for value for your money in any space, not just green spaces. Mm -hmm. But uh, coming to that, we all understand that these green spaces well, did not just come like we didn't just get them. We got them through sweat and blood. Yeah. There are some instances where people suffered, people were jailed, people were clobbered. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, uh, if I might talk about the Uhuru Park. Uhuru Park, we all understand the history of Uhuru Park. Because yeah. like, we know about Wangari Madai, we know about the Green Belt Movement. We all know about what transpired in 1989 when uh, Uhuru Park wanted to be developed. And uh, the government, the then government, uh, wanted to put a six-story building at Uhuru Park. We all know what happened 
Wangare Madai was clobbered, he was frustrated, her clothes were teared off, you know, and things like that. So we should appreciate such initiative by people who came uh, before us to advocate or to the activists who made sure that these green spaces were not tampered with. And uh, that's why I feel that uh, we should maintain our green spaces. We should improve them. By improving them, I don't mean uh, maybe building skyscrapers or things like those. No, I mean, we should plant like indigenous trees. We should plant like fruit trees so that uh, whenever someone wants to, you know, enjoy the environment around, uh, he has something to supplement his enjoyment. He can pluck a fruit, you know, and... Uh, and test it. And also, when tourists come to Kenya, they know that this is our identity. For example, if we plant guavas around Karura forest, you know, if a tourist come and see, ah, this is a guava from Kenya, I think mm -hmm. when he goes out there and says there's a fruit that is in Kenya that is not found in any other continent or any other country, it's a plus for us. So I think these are the ways that maybe we could be... Uh, improving our green spaces, making sure that they remain green, making sure that uh, they are in good conditions, so that uh, we appreciate those people who fought sweat and blood for them. We understand even recently about some uh, activists who have lost their lives while trying to protect green spaces. We all know about uh, uh, the lady who was shot uh, dead in around uh, Nairobi when he was trying to advocate for green spaces around Kiambu area. These are sensitive matters, yes, but we should talk about them because these are the people who are helping us to, uh, you know, maintain our green spaces because I tell you, if we didn't have people, ladies of steel, brave men around who are fighting for these green spaces, people are just out here who are ready to grab them, who are ready to develop them, who are ready to mess up with them and uh, we should not allow it. You know, we are the upcoming youths and uh, God has given us energy. He has given us wisdom. And talking particularly about Kenya, we are told that 70% of the Kenyan population are what? Are youths. So it's high time that we, the youths, take up the baton, run with it. Uh, initiatives like uh, Perspective Podcast, which just come to enlighten you about the green spaces. I think it's high time that youths embrace them. We should have more of these. And I'm encouraging everyone, kindly join the movement. One planet, one chance. Join the movement. If you have to like make a podcast about it, make noise about it, please do. You are welcome. If you are a boardroom person who just uh, like to you know, mingle with policies, you are welcome to do this because it all starts with policy also. We must have political goodwill in order to win such advocacies. You know, we have to have legislation put down on paper so that when you are even arguing about it, you have concrete facts, you have uh, supporting documents, you have supporting laws, you don't just make noise for the sake of making it. You know, some, uh, sometimes you are called to the discussion table, to the negotiation table. You know, one person was interesting, he was telling me that uh, it's time that you sit on the decision-making table. Because 
if you are not in the decision making table you'll find yourself on the menu <laughs> and if you find yourself on the menu it's done for you because they'll just be screaming down this legislation no public participation no nothing and at the end of the day we'll just be saying like we want green spaces but really are there is there legislation that protect them like in Kenya we should be you know we should be questioning su such things do we have legislation that are really into green spaces so those are the things that we should be talking about and as i said my cry goes to the youths 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 it's time that we just wake up find the facts advocate for these things because those people who came before us they've done their part most of them are, uh, i don't want to say that they're getting out of the space but they need us to complement them so that whenever uh they are there we are here this thing can be done and i'm sure it can be done yes another interesting way lordship that the young people can join the movement is just starting from where you are they say charity begins at home True. so from wherever you are just join the movement if you are in a green space or you identify a green space or if you're enjoying a green space make sure you don't litter do not cut down the trees that you see if you do make sure you replace it with at least three trees okay so as they say charity begins at home as a young person what are you doing to protect the green space that you are enjoying so if you are not in a position to be in a decision making table start small they say consistency makes people see you and people see your work and identify you. So if you're not in the streets or you're not in the boardroom, make sure that the green space that you're enjoying, you're protecting it as well. Okay. As our slogan says, one planet, one chance. One chance. And also, uh, I think that uh, a lot of our green spaces are being tampered with. Mm -hmm. Like uh, recently in Kenya, I'm so passionate about Kenya because it's my country. Yeah. Um, you find that we are, it's not but develop a country, but now when you are developing a country and cutting down trees, for example, the express highway that mm -hmm. runs from Jenmo Kenyatta International Airport all the way to some estate in Kenya, yeah. you find that there are trees along uh, the road which has been tampered with because of development. I'm not against development, I don't object to development, but I think it should be sustainable development, just as our topic of today uh, states yeah. that we should uh, safeguard our green spaces for sustainable development. Mm -hmm. So my cry is that if it's development, let it be sustainable development, whereby uh, we think about the future. We conserve our planet for the future because, uh, you know, it has become a cliche always saying that there's no planet B. Mm. As cliche as it sounds, it's the truth because there's no planet where life is supported like planet Earth. So once we temper with planet Earth, just know there's no planet B. I think that again brings us back to the policies that we have as a country. It's interesting that maybe we could borrow from policies that are working for other countries like China. They have a policy whereby you have to plant trees alongside the roads. So even with the expressway that we are talking about, the issue then, the gap is in the policies that we have as a country. We should have policies that protect our green spaces. So that, as you say, as you speak of sustainable development, when we have, we are developing as a country, we make sure that it is sustainable and our environment or rather our space does not suffer in the process i like that you mentioned china 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, we've been borrowing a lot from China, mm-hmm. uh, except for the positive things. Yes. So uh, it's both a good and uh, a bad thing that we borrow from China. Mm-hmm. But there are those things that work for them that yeah. will be working for us. We don't necessarily have to borrow, you know, I'm happy that uh, even the Chinese president in the just concluded UNGA, mm-hmm. uh, he committed that China will no longer be sponsoring, you know, those coal plants that they have been doing here in Kenya. Mm-hmm. I'm happy about that. So we could be borrowing things, policies like that, like you said, they have a policy where you have to plant trees along the way. That is good. That is something that is doable. That is something that we can borrow. So maybe apart from borrowing money, <laughs> <laughs> we could borrow policies. Yes, that work. Could, that work green policies. Let's say green yes. policies that work for them, so that uh, we implement we implement them here in Kenya. And uh, someone was also challenging me that uh, Kenya is a country where we have some of the best policies. Mm-hmm. Policies that uh, people come here borrow, they go implement in their countries, mm-hmm. and. Uh, it improved the country, but here in Kenya, they just uh, f- uh, rust in the, you know, in the government offices, in the government uh, shelves. No one wants to implement them. So I think it's also time that we don't just borrow policies, but we could start with policies that have already been uh, put down and not implemented. Uh, we have very good documents in Kenya. We have the NCAP. Uh, we have our commitment to the Paris Agreement, our NDCs, mm-hmm. and these are some, uh, some of the things that could be informing our actions in safeguarding these green spaces. Speaking of commitments and policies, uh, and you just reminded me when you talk about the UNGA, the just concluded United Nations General Assembly. So the president for Malawi in his speech was quite interesting what he said about somebody making a mess and then you expect other people to clean it up Mm -hmm. for you Mm -hmm. so then when we put resources into improving our environment you feel like you are giving a donation but in reality if you are the one who messed it up you should it should be your responsibility to cleaning it up so it's like even with the younger generation the young people that we we are i think i'm still young so like young people for now as we speak right now, we are playing a role for the coming generation. So if you are part of the disruptors of the environment, or maybe you're cutting down trees or interfering with the green spaces, that now would come back maybe to the older generation or even the government that we are in now. As you say that there are activists who have lost their lives protecting these green spaces. So I guess I would urge both the young people and the older generation, our actions affect people that are coming. So we shouldn't make messes that we expect other people to clean up. It's upon us to protect and conserve the green spaces that we have. It's called polluter pay principle. Yes. <laughs> Whereby those that have polluted the most, you know, uh, Africa is one of the continents that has contributed the less in you know, climate yes. pollution mm-hmm. or rather climate change. Mm-hmm. But uh, we suffer most of the consequences. And those countries that have contributed the most, I really want to mention them. They <laughs> but they are known. to us. They, they are known. <laughs> they, they, they say they are giving us grants. Yes. They say they're giving us loans mm-hmm. to, you know, amend the, uh, the climate in Africa. But really, you know, someone cannot steal from you and want you to buy what he has stolen from you. 
it, that's it's not called giving one. back what yes, you stole. What yeah. you stole. So I think uh, the polluter pay principle, as enshrined in the Paris Agreement, mm-hmm. should be uh, followed to the latter, whereby those countries that you know, the developed countries, those that uh, mind call years ago. The, those that, uh, you know, went ahead of us in terms of development and were using ways that, uh, you know, tarnished our climate, they should be put to task, not only to donate to us, uh, you know, they give us a few shillings here and there, then they want to make noise that, you know, <laughs> it's life, though. <laughs> they should clean up their mess. They should clean up yeah. their mess. That is the simple message. They should clean up their mess, and uh, Africa is beautiful. Africa is so, so beautiful. From Kenya, you go to Uganda, you go to Tanzania, all the way to Gambia, mm-hmm. uh, talk about Nigeria. I think Africa is so beautiful that we need to, you know, conserve it for our future generation, conserve it for our future children. Mm-hmm. Because I only want, uh, someone was giving me an example that, take an example where you want to boil water, a fish in mm-hmm. water. So a fish thrives in cold water. Yeah. So you take your fish, you put it in water, then you put it on your gas, you start heating the water. Of course, as the water heats, the fish will start uh, to feel the, you know, the effects, yeah. yes, and eventually it will die. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where our continent is heading, whereby mm-hmm. it will be now too hot or extremely cold, mm-hmm. or we'll be experiencing droughts, floods, you know, those things that don't occur in Africa regularly yeah. because I think God has also blessed us. He loves us. Mm-hmm. So uh, you find like other countries are hit with tsunamis uh, and strange, strange things that happen because of climatic conditions. But Africa, we are so blessed that we don't experience those extreme weather conditions. But a time is coming whereby if we are not keen, if we don't take this climate justice advocacy seriously, a time is coming whereby Africa will be extremely hot and we will be having to go to other continents to seek for, you know, refugee or to seek for recreational facilities the way they do. People come to Kenya, they come to Africa, not just to, you know, not just relax, but they are escaping from the mess they have created in their countries. Mm-hmm. And I think that we as Africans should not allow ourselves to go that direction. Wow, so much passion for this topic on <laughs> safeguarding green spaces. For sustainable for development. For sustainable development. I think we can go on and on about this topic. I know. But <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> they say all good things should come to an end. Yeah. It has been an interesting conversation. We hope that you guys keep with us throughout the journey and just follow our conversations. With time, we'll be bringing in very interesting hosts to get their their perspective on climate change and what they're doing in their respective areas of work to just keep our environment clean and protect the lives that we were given to protect. And, And remember, this is the Perspective Climate Talk Show where your perspective matters. So it's my perspective, it's Diana's perspective, it's your perspective, it's everyone's perspective. And you could follow us across all our social media handles. Remember, at Twitter, we are at perspective underscore 265 and also on Instagram at perspective underscore 265. Join the movement wherever you are. Let us preach this green gospel together. One planet, one One chance. chance.